Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, January 4th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Bill Meltzer will join in just a moment. The day has come. The Flyers reported to camp officially yesterday for medicals and uh, all the testing and on the ice today. And we're looking forward to seeing the, the, the boys back on the ice in preparation for January 13th when they'll take on the Pittsburgh Penguins to kick off the season. That's just nine days away. The season is only nine days away. I'm excited they're going to camp and get to, to watch practice and scrimmages and, and everything that goes along with it. But they're going to have a game in nine days against the Pittsburgh Penguins. One week from this Wednesday, if you can believe that, and it'll be the first of two against the Pens here in Philadelphia. 5.30 puck drop uh, for that Wednesday night, January 13th, and they'll take on the Penguins on that Friday evening as well. But let's get to my conversation with Flyers insider Bill Meltzer. Happy to have joined us here on the day players hit the ice. The man has joined us so many times in the times of no games or practices, but he joins us as it all begins, from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, HockeyBuzz.com, it's the one and only Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great. Practices, scrimmages, the season before we know it. Felt like this day would never get here, but here we are. Wow, you are buzzing. You are up on your skates. I love it. <laughs> You're out of a cannon. This is great. Uh, Bill, a couple things to get to, and I have a bunch of um, factor fictions I'd like to put to you. And we can discuss as we kind of go through them uh, regarding the upcoming season. Uh, but I got to ask you about this because I see Matthew Barzell still not signed with the Islanders. And obviously shortened camp, no exhibition games. Um, shortened season means more. Plus you're playing teams in your division, which every game essentially is a four-point swing in the standings. And and how detrimental that can be, especially as a, such an important piece for the Islanders. But the fact that the Flyers come in with no drama. Everybody reported. Everybody signed. Everybody ready to go. No, I, I mean, that, that's fantastic. Of course, last season, you know, Travis Konechny was a couple days late, but didn't seem to affect him at all. But it, uh, you know, it, it can affect different players differently, but you, you don't want it hanging over the team. You don't want the, the first question at every press conference of the coach or, or the GM or, or teammates asking, oh, well, you know, is this so-and-so's absence a distraction, you know? So, I, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's, that's a great thing. If everybody signed, there's no – this year's there, there's no PTO players. There's no, you know, it's actually it's actually a smaller camp, you know, because um, there are guys who are still on loan to Europe, uh, to European teams. There there are some guys who uh, weren't even invited to camp, you know, uh, guys like uh, Matthew Strom and Pascal LeBurge. If you look at them, their name they're not on the the roster. Um, so it, it's a smaller camp to start with. That's by uh, design, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a hundred percent by design. It's to get get right down to business, pare down the roster, and get ready to go. Yeah, and and that's you know Elaine Vigneault pared down his roster pretty quick uh, last season. Did it in the return to play and is doing it once again to give his team the best opportunity to get out of the gate well, which would be so important. Uh, one of the things last week, Bill, we were stunned. I know I was stunned. Um, I'm sure you are as well. When Chuck Fletcher announced that Sam Moran is now a left winger, yeah. What's your initial reaction to that? Did you think he was joking, looking at your calendar to see if it was April Fool's Day? <laughs> it, it it caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I I guess I talked to Sam this past spring. It was just about his rehab, and that was that it was coming along. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I think you keep an open mind about it. It's uh, you know, it's not a small transition to make. He hasn't played forward in a long time, and Sam was very straightforward about the things he's working on, such as. You know, such as uh, positioning himself in the defensive zone. Sometimes just, sometimes just where you go. You know, sometimes when a guy has the 
long of a reach as he has. Um, you know, one of the things Sam always worked on, you know, when, when people would call him slow, that was never true, was particularly in a straight line. Yeah. You know, he was actually a very good skater because of big strides and he, he got up, got up, and got up and down the ice pretty well. Now, after two ACL injuries, I mean, Sam himself said, you know, he's not back to where he was in that regard. And, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. He said he's patterning himself after Matt Martin, you know, just playing a very simple north south game, getting in, you know, and, and, and I look back at some other guys who, um, have made the switch and it's a mixed bag, you know, um, Dan Cordick came up to the flyers as a defenseman and, you know, it didn't really work out. Danny kind of struggled as a young player, went down to Hershey at that time. Um, they asked him if he would be interested in playing left wing and he did, and he got back to the NHL and you know, he had the Dan line for a couple of yep. years and he was, he was a good player in that role. That was a different NHL, but still, mm-hmm. you know, he made, he made the transition. Um, other guys like uh, Jason Bowen, it didn't work out so well for. Um, you look at some other teams. Some guys, you know, some guys made the switch. You know, it's, it's not often you have a guy like a Sammy Kapanen who could go back and play defense in the playoffs and like, wow, he's pretty good at it. I mean, it, it takes time, it takes adjustment, and there's a lot of competition too. Nothing's going to be handed to Sam. Yeah. You know, he's, he's an impossible guy to dislike. It's so easy to root for him. Mm-hmm. So I certainly would love it if it if everything clicked and worked out for Sam. All that I know is this, is that he will give it everything he has to make it work. And, uh, you know, and hopefully hopefully for his sake, you know, it uh, it clicks for him and, and he's able to make the transition because he is, by his own admission, you know, essentially playing for his career at this point after missing three years. Yeah. And he's worked so hard. You just like to see him be able to get a fair shake and fair look to be able to stay healthy long enough to and be able to round it into form and play his best hockey and be judged on that. And Dustin Bufflin was a guy that was was a forward, moved back to D and moved around a little bit as well, another big body. Um, I thought the most interesting element of it, Bill, after the initial shock and all kind of wore off for me, was kind of the admission that um, we need to be a little tougher. We need to we need to have a little more physicality. You know, looking back at that Islander series in particular, um, you know, that's a big physical team. And perhaps, you know, the Flyers felt like they got pushed around a little bit in that series. And they want to add that presence. And you're going to be playing not only this year in this division, but you've played in the division with guys like Tom Wilson and, and other big bodies that the Islander team is one of the, if not the biggest, the biggest in the league. Um, but to have that awareness that this is something we do need, we do need to be a little bit tougher. So I, I was impressed by that element from Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, and, and, and a good deal of honesty by Elaine Vigneault because when he when Elaine spoke to uh, uh, Sam back in back in October, he said, you know, I would look at the Islander series and they were pushed around a little bit, and yeah. it, it's fair. And not just you know not just the Clutterbucks and the Martins, um, you know, it was also guys like physically they could not handle. You know, you look at the bigger guys like Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. Yeah. You know, they they just couldn't. You know, they just got out muscled by those guys a lot of times. So. You know, I, I think there's a need for it. On the, but on the flip side of that being that one player alone doesn't change things. Mm-hmm. It, it's a team identity, and the whole team has to has to be doing it. And, and secondly, you know, if you have a guy who who has that kind of physical role, it has to be you know the modern version of that. You know, there's there's no to play hockey. <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to play too. And I mean, Sam Sam could play. You know, it's not the um, you know it's. And we'll we'll see where he's at once he's actually back in games. But I mean, I you know, again, he was he was a good skater in a straight line before all all the injuries. He has a heavy shot, not the most accurate of shots, but he has a big heavy shot, um, or you know, the fastest release because he's a big guy. It takes him a while to, to unwind. Um, 
I always thought he was a kind of an underrated passer. You know, he, he could play. He was a first round pick. So yeah. he's, he's not, you know, not devoid of ability. It's just a question of, you know, how long he's been out. He's miss, missing most of three years. And then, you know, there, there are some elements to learning the position. But, but truth be told, it's easier to make the transition from defense to fall to wing than it is from the, the, other, the other way around. So. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame being attacked. You can just be in attack mode a little bit more as a winger, and he knows D zone responsibility already, and and where those players should be from all his years playing D. Uh, I just love the aware. I think it's really important for teams to have um, the awareness and be able to put plans into place when you know there's a deficiency, and they they knew they got pushed around a little bit, and they didn't hide from it. I think that's always self evaluation is extremely important for your teams. Um, Bill, let's uh before we get into the factor fiction, um. Big question coming into camp was obviously Nolan Patrick. Have you learned anything about uh, Nolan Patrick since uh, the team arrived for medicals on Sunday? Sounds like he's going to be on the ice, and uh, you know we'll we'll see from there. It, it's just a question of you know how does he feel on a day to day basis. Um, they're not going to rush him just for the sake of getting him to the you know line up an opening night if if he he's not ready for that. Um, you know the lack of any exhibition games hurts him a little bit, but it's not. It's not fatal as, as long as, as long as he holds up physically, gets through the drills, get through, gets through the, uh, you know, the contact and the scrimmages, uh, the scrimmages and the, you know, the, the competing side of the game, you know, the rest of the timing takes a little time, takes a little while to come back. You know, it's just, 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 not, just natural when a player's out for a whole year, but I mean, uh, so far so good. I mean, you can't even compare it to where he was at it at any point this past season. So, you know, it's it's looking up. It's looking a lot better, and then we'll we'll see from there. And one day at a time for him, and we'll see. Maybe the long play to not start the season on the roster, maybe the move. All right, Bill. It's time for factor fictions, and I've written a bunch of these, and I'm going to give you a statement, and you determine whether it's fact or will be fact or fiction when it's all said and done. We're not going to hold you totally accountable because these are prognostications and predictions, and we know it's, uh, there's a lot of variables to that. But the first one we start with is this. The Flyers' leading scorer last year was Travis Konechny. He had 61 points, led the team in goals with 24 goals. Uh, will Travis Konechny lead the Flyers in goals and points in this 56-game regular season? Certainly doable. Certainly doable. Um, coming off of an all-star year, maybe not the playoff run he wanted. A lot of motivation, young player, healthy. I see no reason why he can't, so I'll say fact. Yeah, I, I'm with you, too. I think that he's got another another gear even to go to. He was an all-star last year. I would go with fact as well. I think, well, he may not score more points than he did last year because of the shortened season, obviously, but I think he's a player that is going to lead the team. He's going to get his power play points. He's going to get his five on five. I think he's going to be a big player for him this year. Um, Number two, James Van Riemsdyk will score 20 or more goals in this 56 game season. He had 19 last year. Yeah. 27 the year prior, but he dealt with that injury and was out for almost five weeks uh, after the second game of the season where he hurt the ankle. Will JVR score more than 12 goals this season? Fact, Or he will score more than 12 goals this season. Is that a fact or fiction? More than 12, you said? Uh, more than tw- he'll score more than 20 or more goals this season. 20 more goals this year. You know, if I knew what his role was going to be this year. <laughs> That's the key. Season, yeah. I mean, he, he had been a healthy scratch a couple times in the playoffs and kind of floated all around the lineup. So, uh, you know, uh, if I knew exactly where he was playing and, and what much, if he was on power play and, pa- and power, play, I was going to say power play is a, yep. a huge part of that because when he had his career best season in Toronto was last year there before he signed with the Flyers, he played third line all year. 
you know. Um, but he was playing on the first power play unit, and th- yeah. there's where a lot of those points came. If he's not on PP one, and you know, also not on the top six, that's going to be hard to do. So I'll, I'll say fiction. The flip side of that being is if he does get you know back up in the lineup, he's still capable. I mean, you know, he he can get hot at times, so it's not it's not impossible. But uh, but right now, I can't you know, I can't confidently say he will. Yeah, I look at it and say. It all depends on when he goes on the heater, how many he gets during the, the heat. Because goal scorers, they get on a streak where, you know, their shooting percentage goes up to 30% for a period yeah. of time. And if he can pot a bunch in that period and encapsulate it, then, then I think that he can get there. But if I'm looking just at face value, and what I, what I think maybe his role will be, I don't think he'll be on PP1. Um, and then I would have to say it's fiction as well. All right, number three. Uh, the Flyers last year were seventh in league scoring. They averaged 3.29 goals per game. They will average this season over more than 3.29 goals per game. Fact or fiction? Um, very doable. Um, you know, they've, uh, you know, nobody had a spectacular offensive year last year. It all came from the depth. Yeah. I think the depth is and better. Than yeah. Uh, you know, Lindblom is healthy. Um, Patrick is back, you know, presumably. And, uh, you know, the, now other than Niskanen, it was a, a nice contributor from the back end still, but you have, you know, you have your, your primary guys are still in the blue line room for Travis Sanheim still to, to produce a little bit more offensively. He's certainly capable of it. He's shown signs of it over the years because you, you know, you need contributions from the D too. So I'll, I'll say fact. I think that, I, I think that's within the flyers reach to do that. Okay. I, I agree. I think it is as well. And I think, uh, you look at guys like Couturier and, Giroux's going to get his, and Voracek's going to get his. And I also look at the next step for guys like Farabee, yeah. who had so many golden opportunities last year. I think he just needed that year to kind of figure out how to finish on NHL goalies. <laughs> and I think with the playoff experience as well, he could take a jump and, and be a contributor and get them over that 3.29 and uh, higher than seventh in league scoring. Let's look at the other side of it, Bill. The Flyers were eighth last year in goals allowed, one point or 191 goals they allowed in the shortened season, but seventh in average goals per game at 2.77. The only team that ranked top 10 in both categories. So with the loss of Matt Niskanen, they still will allow less than 2.77 this season. Well, I mean, obviously Carter Hart's a big piece of that. Um, you know, I, I, the loss of Niskanen and how the blue line pieces fit together are my number one concern on the team. Um, and the Flyers took a big jump in their, you know, in their ranking in goals against average. They were near the bottom of the league the year before that took a huge jump. Sometimes you see a, a little bit of a come down effect the year after that. Um, you know, if, if they're even close to it, that's, that's great news. They should be fine. As long as you're in the, you know, top 11, 12 in the league, you're usually fine. If you, you know, you're a pretty good offensive team. Uh, I'm going to say fiction. I think the goals against is going to be a little higher this year. Uh, hopefully not too much higher. Yeah, I think one of the contributing factors could also be no exhibition games for goaltenders. Yeah. Goaltending could – we thought maybe goaltending was going to be behind uh, shooters in the bubble in Toronto and, and Edmonton. It wasn't. Goal, goaltenders came out and played really well. Uh, but always at the beginning of a season, offense is up. Now, that, a lot of that's system-related where teams aren't dialed into their system just yet, and eventually it gets clamped down on. Um, so we'll see what the effect is at the beginning of the season. And, and the other part of it is, too, just more scoring opportunities with back-to-back games and condensed schedule. Those things kind of happen. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with you on that one and go fiction as well. Um, and, and, and we'll see, though. I, 
the Carter Hart factor is, is real. So, yeah. uh, Bill, the Flyers last year were ranked 14th on the power play. Uh, they clicked at 20.8%. On the penalty kill, 11th in the NHL at 81.8%. So this is the statement for Factor Fishing. The special teams will most m- the special teams most likely to improve from last season's ranking is the power play, not the penalty kill. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, the power play just struggled so badly in the, in the postseason. There was, there was almost nowhere yeah. to go but up. And you couldn't work on it because you really didn't have practice. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's going to be kind of a, you know, I mean, there are some off days now, but it's still a pretty compacted schedule. So, yeah. it, you know, it's 56 games and was like 116 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not going to be a lot of days for practice, even if you're not playing back-to-back a ton. So, you know, if you if you're a little bit on the wrong foot, you could, you could do so much video work or whatever. Hopefully, hopefully you get hot and you could ride that for a little while. Um, I don't know. I, I still like I still like the PK. You know, I, I think that even though you've lost some guys who were penalty killers, not just not just Niskin and being one of the biggest names, but Pitlick played on the PK as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you're asking some young players to take little bigger roles on on the PK side. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's an area where, you know, that's an area where I think uh, Phil Myers can can actually thrive. You know, I think he'll be I think he'll be fine on the PK as he as he settles in. I, I think that the uh, you know, it, it's really strange, too, because when you look at the composites, not that many years ago, if you were 20, 20 percent on the power play, that's that was really good. Yeah. You know, that was, that was solidly in the top, you know, top echelon of the league. You know, usually you're best team would be about 24 25 percent but but still solidly you know upper tier now 20 percent is pretty average yeah you know league wide just because power play seemed to score a little bit more same same thing in the pks too you know if you were 80 percent, that used to be you know yeah well if you get get up to 83 84 percent and now you know now pk percentages are on the average down obviously it's going to correspond right but, uh, you know, I, I, I would say between the two sides, I think the Flyers may improve a little on the, uh, on the PK side, uh, unless, unless there's some adjustment strategically. Because I, I, I never dislike the personnel. You know, the personnel yeah. was there all along. I, I would actually say the, I would say the PK side may improve a little and the power play be about the same unless, unless I see something that says, okay, they've, they've figured out what, what went wrong and they've adjusted. Yeah, a little bit of creativity too. And at points yeah. last season, you saw that Drew going to Voracek behind the net off the boards was was one of those ultra creative plays. Like, oh, that is that's beautiful. Just throws everybody into a kind of a tizzy on the ice. Um, here's the next one for you: fact or fiction? Shane Gostisbehere will play 28 or more games this season. Well. I'm not giving I mean, you easy ones here, Billy. Yeah, they are certainly not easy ones. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, some of it's in some of it's within Shane's control. Mm-hmm. Some of it is, you know, well, he's competing with Robert Haig. Yep. You know, um, you and know, Eric and, Gustafson and, to and some extent. It depends on how Gustafson is playing too. Yeah. You know, there there may be games where you want both guys in the lineup. Other games where you know you only want Gustafson and, and Haig because I do think Gustafson, at least the the start the season, projects as an every game player. So. I, but funny things happen during the season too. Injuries happen. Mm-hmm. You know, flyers are a little bit lucky. You know what? I, I I think it's doable. You set the number right at right at a level, kind of where yeah. you know I think it's reachable for him. So I'll I'll say fact. Okay. All right. That's Shane Gosper, twenty eight or more games on the season. Let's go to another defenseman on this factor fiction bill. And um, 
we here in Philadelphia know all we need to know about Ivan Provorov, but here's the fact or fiction. Ivan Provorov will really start to become a household name outside of Philadelphia for the top-pairing D-man he has become and will step a take, a take a step closer to becoming a name mentioned for the NARS Trophy. Fact or fiction? Well, uh, before I give you my answer, when my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes from this, this past year was when uh, Ivan was asked about being left out of the NHL's top 20 defenseman list. Mm-hmm. And his answer was, I don't play to get on some list. <laughs> he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He couldn't, he could, yeah. he couldn't care less about it. No, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of that is, you know, what the offensive numbers are baked into that, you mm-hmm. know, um, and you know, he's a very complete player. He's already, I mean, he's good on both sides of the puck. You know, I, I think if he just, if the offensive number just come up slightly, slightly and continues to play every single game, which he hasn't missed a game yet in his NHL career, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be. It's just a question of, you know, I, I think some of it is how the team does, you know, if, I mean, presumably of course, if he has a great year, then the team benefits from it too. But I, I think part of the, part of the uh, lack of recognition that a lot of flyers players get, um, you know, around the league, you know, now Couturier finally won the Selkie, but I, I think that the, the general lack of recent playoff success until winning around last year, has worked against guys just in terms of the mm-hmm. reputation heading into that next year. Um, the now the Flyers had a kind of a breakthrough year last year and they won a playoff round and fell one win short of a conference final. I think that, uh, you know, there's a little bit more attention being paid. And I think if they continue to win and Provar is a big part of that, then you might see him, his name start to be mentioned among, you know, the, the more elite defensemen in the NHL rather than the, the next step down. So it's doable. It's, you know, it's as much team-based as individually, but I'll say fact. Yeah, after the year he had last year, uh, and to follow it up with another really good season, I thought he, I think he'll start to be recognized as one of those top-tier number one D-men on a team, and the minutes speak for themselves, and, and the performance did last year as well. Uh, next one, Bill, fact or fiction, Carter Hart had a 9.14 save percentage last season in the regular season. In the playoffs, he bested that and had a 9.26 save percentage and the two shutouts. Hart will finish the 2021 regular season in the top five in the NHL save percentage. Ambitious, ambitious. You know, the, yeah. uh, his, his home numbers last year were in the top two or three of franchise. Actually, the save percentage was the highest in franchise history, yeah. better than Bernie's best year, save percentage-wise. Hard to duplicate. Of course, the flip side of that was his road numbers, the only about eight, 850. You know, on the road last year, and it came it came up as the you know the latter part of the season. So when you look at you know the composites, I think he can, you know, I think he can pull up to nine fourteen to, you know, hey, listen. If, if Hart's around nine twenty, then the Flyers are gonna, you know, be, be a real a lot of games this year. So that's a that that's tough because again, some you know a lot of it's in Carter's can control, a little bit is beyond his control. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be optimistic and and say fact. But, uh, you know, but there, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into all that. Yeah, I think he's going to take something from those playoffs and take them to another level. I think he'll raise his save percentage but as far as top five goes, though. Right. Um, and, and that's really a, a quite, so much of goaltending, as you know, is a product of your environment. And to yep. be top five, in, he's going to have to have a, a, a good environment around him of, you know, defensive responsibility and those kind of things as well. And, uh, you know, not too many – great chances and high danger chances to be able to achieve that. We'll see if that is the case. 
the next one, Bill, is uh, in regards to Carter Hart as well, and it's, it goes as follows, Factor Fiction. Hart's puck handling has been his weakness in his game, but you will see a much improved and decisive Hart when it comes to playing the puck this season. Factor Fiction. Uh, well, it's now he, you know, he was able to, to, you know, put in a, put in work this off season. It was, uh, I know he took a little bit of time off and he was right back at the mm-hmm. rink again. Um, I saw uh, a little bit of it in the playoffs. I saw a little bit, yeah, more decisive. A, little bit a little bit of it. He also had some, he also had some scary moments too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to remain a work in progress. I think, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see a dramatic difference. Right. Okay. Which, you know what? I, you know, there have been some really good goalies who uh, were not great puck handlers. We were talking on and on about Henrik Lundqvist the other day. One thing that Hank was not great, I was handling the puck. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, I think Carter will continue to improve on that. And you will see some graduals, you know, some subtle improvement this year. But I don't think it's going to be a night and day difference. Yeah. For all the comparisons to Kerry Price, that's not one of them. Kerry is tremendous at handling the puck and does his defense uh, a ton of uh, a ton of. A ton of legwork, frankly, to not get pounded on in the corners by starting those breakouts so often, especially on soft dumps that he can get to behind the net. Uh, next one, Bill, is the Flyers will not have as high of a winning percentage as last regular season, but they will be a better team with the ability to go further in the NHL playoffs. Fact or fiction? Well, the Flyers were so good at home ice mm-hmm. last season. I mean, that uh, you know, the Flyers had a spectacular season at home last year. Uh, I don't know if you can do that every year. Um, you know, it, it's it's all in it's all in when you peak and and how the team plays down the stretch. Again, you, you, it doesn't really matter if you finish second or you finish fourth. You know, in the in the division, you're everybody's throwing that mix of four from the division that that uh, get into the postseason. And as long as you're in that top four, uh, I, I think that potentially, as you see some, uh, as you see. Some players continue to improve. The young guys, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that could be the case where they they hit another level as you get late in the season and in the, to the playoffs. Of course, the flip side being is you're going to need a similar winning percentage to to be to compete for the the top spot. But you play you play those eight games inside the division. That's really tough. Even if you're not playing on back to back nights, you're playing the same team a lot of times. Back to back games. Um, you know that that's kind of conducive to pulling a lot of teams more towards 500. Anyway, so I, I think that I think that's uh, you know that that's a plausible scenario. Um, I'll say fact, uh, but it, ca- it can't be dramatically different. It has to be comparable, otherwise, uh, you know, otherwise you're struggling to get into the postseason. Yeah, and the big key too will be uh, being ready for the postseason, and yeah. you hope that last year's postseason helped some of the younger players to to be able to be sure. more equipped to handle uh, the rigors of playoff hockey, which is far different as we saw. Uh, in the bubble, and we'll hopefully we'll see it this year with fans. Let's get to the next one here. Only two more left, uh, and it's this, fact or fiction, Bill. Morgan Frost will appear in more than 16 games this season for the Flyers. Um, well, it depends on if he plays center or wing and if there's any injuries. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, honestly, it depends on Morgan, too. He's so talented that he, he yeah. has the capability of, you know, forcing his way in the lineup and making a player that you, you can't remove from the lineup. Um you know, I really, I really want to see how he does in camp first. 16 games out of, you know, out of 56. I mean, that, that certainly is reachable. Uh, it would be great news for the Flyers as well as for Morgan individually. Uh, we were talking about, you know, the the uh, goals per game as a team. 
Morgan, particularly on the playmaking side, could significantly help that. Because that that's where his greatest skill set lies. Um, so I, you know, I, I think as long as he has a, a good camp and and really pushes for a spot, that, that's reachable. So I'll say fact. Okay. And the last one, Bill. The window for the Flyers to be considered a legitimate Stanley Cup contender is beginning to open. I'm not sure how wide open it is right now, uh, but to say that could not be the outcome this year would be wrong. Fact or fiction? I'll, I'll say that's I'll say that's fact because you know you have some young younger guys who are, who are now young veterans like the Travis Sanheims who you know if they if they take that next step, you know that's uh, that, that certainly is uh, doable and reachable. I mean, the Flyers, look at where they finished in the regular season last year. You know, they were really, they were right on Washington's heels. They probably would have passed them, I would think, um, you know, if you would have played out the remainder of that regular season. Um, even though the Islanders outplayed them in that series, it still went seven. So, I mean, I, I you know, I, you know, are, are the Flyers a top contender? No, but are they in the mix of teams that, that could contend if things break certain ways? Yes, I, I think that they are. Um if the window's opening right now, part of it to me is I want to see how the succession plan is, you know, as, as you're, as you're getting some of the group, that's the core group now. And are some of the younger players going to take the next step? The Farabies, yeah. uh, maybe Frost this year, but, but Frost a year, you know, another year or two down the line when, when Cam York is here, you know, do, do these young players emerge as top contributors while the other guys can, you know, still help you compete and win. Then, and then I think you really do have an open window to, to win a cup, particularly as Carter Hart starts to hit his prime as a goalie. So I, th- I think, I think it's fact, um, you know, heading into the season and for the long term, you know, it's uh, that, that is the plan is to contend on a, a long-term basis. And there, there are elements that lead, you know, lead you to think that they're capable of doing that. But I, I want to see how it, you know, how it all comes together first. But for this year, I think that's fact. All right, well, we are not going to hold you 100% accountable for these predictions, but you did a great job on Fact or Fiction. We'll have to do it again sometime, um, and we'll see how the season plays out. What we know is we're going to see hockey players on ice. Camp is underway, and uh, there'll be scrimmages. We'll be here. Um, you'll be tweeting about it, Bill. I'll be tweeting about it. All the beats will. And uh, the preparations for the 2021 NHL season uh, are underway, all pointing towards January 13th against the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Wells Fargo Center. Bill, thanks for doing this. This is uh, another episode of Flyers Daily. We'll be back Wednesday for the latest on everything from training camp and more. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode of Flyers Daily.